Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. We're here, the bar's open, the lights are on, we're doing a little bit of cleanup before we get moving. We are distinguished today to have with us, this is the first one on the show, we've had a lot of people from a lot of different industries, a lot of different walks of life. Uh, we were talking beforehand, so I'll, I'll say it now. He was in the Army for 15 years, so I've already said it. I'm going to talk a little slower to him as a Marine. we got to do these things to help out our, <laughs> arm, our Army vets. Uh, years in law enforcement, uh, running – and I love saying this word because I figure every time I think I'm screwing it up. 2022 California gubernatorial candidate – I love saying the word gubernatorial – Ron Jones. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So glad to be with you today. Look at that. You even get you can get a little bit of applause there, a little bit of everything. Before I even said anything. You know, we got we got to do it. You know, it, if at any point in your life, you know, somebody says, well, I didn't get enough applause. I'm making sure that I, I provide all the applause that everyone needs. So as we're doing this, folks, before we get ready to find out about Ron and about, you know, his current uh, race for governor in California and all the different elements to that. As always, we got to do some house cleaning. So first thing, sliding the mic over for a minute. We got the big board behind me. That big board is a sticker and a cause. If you've got a cause, you got something you believe in, you've got another podcast, you've got a charitable organization, I don't care what it is. You can reach me on Facebook, uh, at the Above the Bar Podcast, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. They're all the Above the Bar Podcast. Our network is Earplug Podcast Network. Even my email is the Above the Bar Podcast. Our TikTok is the Above the Bar Podcast. I kept it very simple. Reach out to us on any one of those locations. I'll give you the address where to send it to. And if you've got a sticker, you send me that sticker. Send me a little bit of information on that cause, and we'll read about your cause so other people can hear about it and other people can support you also. Remember, we're all equal at the bar. Bar stools all sit the same height, folks. Um, we're all equal here. So we got that. But look, if you're media feels like it needs a bit of an election campaign of its own because it's just not making it happen make sure you reach out to media by dibs media by dibs on instagram and on facebook or andrew dibble on linkedin and you mentioned to him hashtag belly up to the bar he's going to give you a 10 percent discount on your first media order and a free consultation all right it's all done all those things are done ron here we, we're going to get ready to get into it did i lose oh, your mic's still still muted yep. there brother yep so we're going to get into it. So we have with joined us again. Go, I love you. Got to love saying the word gubernatorial. <laughs> it just rolls after a while. It does. Gubernatorial. Yeah, it just feels good. <laughs> it, it does. So uh, let's get into it. So, so Ron, fifteen years in the army. Well, actually, I spent eleven years in the army, and I just want to make sure we get the numbers straight because yes, uh, some people. Uh, well, you know, come back and say, you lied, you added four years, you know, uh, you got to be careful when you're campaigning, they pick on every word. So uh, I spent 11 years in the army, I was an officer in a Black Hawk helicopter pilot. And then I voluntarily separated uh, after 11 years, and I went into law enforcement, where I spent 23 and a half years retiring as a law enforcement commander. And some okay. of my duties there uh, included other than 
you know, being a commander of large, large areas uh, and responsible for public safety and welfare in those areas. I was also the commander of the officer-involved shooting investigation team over a four-county area. So when oh, you wow. watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC and you see these shooting incidents that involve police officers, I can tell you that I've, I've uh, investigated, uh, you know, probably 20 of those uh, over the course of my career. So I can, I can give you a pretty good idea of what's going on. Uh, also, over a four-county area, I was a commander of the Mobile Field Force, which is our civil, disturb civil disturbance response team. Okay. So, those were some of the things I did as well, being on the executive committee of uh, drug task forces, et cetera, things like that. And uh, one that usually shocks people is they're not ready for is I also spent 10 years as a senior pastor. So I really? have uh, been, yes, very much aligned with, you know, a lot of the things that uh, we that families hold dear and and uh, and uh, all of those things really serve to inform me and, and uh, how I think and the decisions I make. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I did. uh I was on the board of trustees for, for our church for a while. And it was easier when the, when the kids were, uh, weren't so little. And then we had the, we had Lucas and he's our youngest. And it's like, that takes up more of my time than, than I had uh, left over. Yeah. So you were a bu busy man. So how long ago did you retire from uh, law enforcement? Uh, 11 years. Okay. Um, so I've been doing other things around the world at the time. I also, I also do business organizational consultation. Uh, obviously, I would be involved in security operations and some of those things. So I, I've done that for a number of years, as well as uh, the last five to six years, I've done that in cooperation with um, teaching at Bible conferences around the world. So I mix those up. So where I go, I can, you know, end up doing both. So I can, I can say in the time that I've been retired, I've been to South Africa, the Congo, Uganda, Kenya, Nigeria, England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, Singapore, the Philippines, Malaysia, Japan, the love list it. goes on. I love, see, that's me. I love to travel. We've got it. We picked an mm -hmm. RV up uh, in 2020 and I constantly look at the RV and I'm like, I'll pack up and leave all of you tomorrow. Just, just want to hit the road. Just, yeah. and especially after doing the podcasting, yeah. uh, my wife and I've talked about like, this is episode one twenty six, I think mm -hmm. it, you know, I'm like, that's 120 some people we can just go visit and hang out with and there do you this go. all over again. <laughs> I, I love it. So, and I, I see you're, you're a fan of some beautiful artwork that you have behind you. I was just kind mm -hmm. of admire, admiring some of the artwork that you've got. So I got to ask, so how, for yourself, you were, you know, so obviously you went to college to become a, uh, to be a pilot. I'm assuming the army is the same as for the Marine Corps to be a pilot. You have to be an officer. Well, yeah, you were, you are an officer, but they had a really great program called the Warrant Officer Flight Training Program. And so, um, you know, I went to college after, but the army's philosophy was get them while they're young. So you can be 19 years old and go through flight school and train. And then they would give you your education after if you so chose. I mean, it was a 10 month program. This wasn't overnight. You went through officer training, very intense officer training, actually. And then um, over the course of time, then obviously the flight training came in and uh, you graduated 10 months later. Well, it's funny you say the, the intense training. That was one of the things that as a young Marine, I was always like, these officers, they don't go to they don't go to Paris Island or, mm -hmm. you know, you think all these things. And then you finally I was a, I was probably a senior sergeant or a staff mm -hmm. sergeant at the time. And I started realizing what my officers went through to be able to lead myself and how different that is from a sense. And, and, and I want to get into some of the, the political side, but you actually kind of bring up something that I think a lot of people don't realize mm -hmm. as a governor, you're a commander in chief 
of a military. Absolutely. I think it, a lot of people miss that in the National Guard piece. How do you mm-hmm. think that that affects you or, or or how does that help you from that standpoint? Well, obviously, I'm used to command structures. I'm used to a military hierarchy. I'm used to rank and I'm, I'm used to what that means and the responsibility that comes with it. So, you know, there are a lot of I'll just say it this way. There are a lot of candidates who talk about being in support of our military and public safety. But the reality is I've spent more time in my life in uniform than out of it. I'm 64 years old and I spent 34 years in uniform. And you got good hair. Why, thank you. 64 and good hair. Look at that. Well, yeah. For those of you that aren't watching the live, I mean, yeah. Ron's got good hair. Well, you know, when someone commented that my forehead was a little shiny and I'm going, at least there's not more of it to be seen. That's, you know, I, I tell it, go gray, just stay with me. <laughs> I had a teacher in school. The kids used to try to pick on him for his gray hair. And he used to also always be like, I'm a silver fox. Don't worry about it. That was his, that was his move. He, he always said, I'm a silver fox. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's a, it's such a great point that you bring up, you know, your experience with, with being in the service and, and and how that affects things for you, because we don't see that a lot. And, and I'm always curious, and I don't know what you're feeling it as a, as a guy with 20 years, mm-hmm. do you sometimes see that the support is the flavor now? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like where people oh, yes, kind of, I, I do know what you mean. And first where, of all, thank you for your service. Well, Very I appreciate you did it before I did, brother. I appreciate you. Well, it, then it's mutual completely. Well, so, yeah, sometimes better. I think, you know, especially after defund the police and we went through the whole movement of everybody talking about, uh, I mean, you know, the whole defund the police thing and we'll just do community service. Well, how's that working for you? The crime in our streets is through the roof. And so you, when you combine the fact that people are recognizing that really didn't work and the heat that both the military and law enforcement took uh, during that period, and, you know, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but I'll, I'll say I, I believe in, in uh, people's rights to have their voice heard. I believe in their rights to to peacefully gather. What I don't uh, what I don't adhere to or don't uh, appreciate is when outsiders come in to disrupt and turn it into something well beyond the intent of those who wanted to have their voice heard. And when you come back and you talk about how does the, the fact that, you know, my, my history in the military and law enforcement deal with being the commander in chief of the Air National Guard and Army National Guard? I can tell you that if certain groups come in and disrupt peaceful protesters and decide to do something else, I'm not afraid to be the commander in chief of an Army National Guard because I will make sure that our people are safe. Well, and, that, you know, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's a lot of Marines to lead because most Marines I know they do their four years and then they mm-hmm. get out and the I can't tell you how many end up going to the National Guard. So mm-hmm. many because they, they can't get it out of their blood. Yeah. And you guys have a lot of bases in California, too. That's like you're very base mm-hmm. heavy. I mean, Pendleton's out there. Um, uh-huh. What's the big there's a big Air Force one. That was actually the first time I ever slept in an Air Force barracks. Mm. Was nice, like, wasn't it, compared to what we got? <laughs> Rob, I felt like I had done something wrong. <laughs> like they bring me in and they're like, hey, you know this is your room. And I'm like, it's a queen size bed. There's a TV with cable. And I'm like, this can't be for me. And I'm like a young Lance Corp. I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing. They're like, well, you know what we used to say? We used to say that uh, when, when the army was given money to move into an area and they had to build an airfield, that what the army would do is build the airfield and they'd say, we need money for the barracks. And they'd say, well, you're out. 
And then what would happen with the Air Force is they'd say, go in and build an airfield. They'd build all the barracks and they'd build yep. all the places to live and say, we're out of money for the airfield. And then they give them more money and they build their, their runway. You're 1,000 <laughs> times correct. We used to hear the same thing in the Marine Corps. Uh-huh. And we'd all sit back and go, you know what? They might have it figured out, you know, as far as that piece. So so you're looking at this. And I, I guess something that, that I'm curious of, where what drives you to – to be even interested. I mean, we're talking California is for, I, I don't have a better way to, of putting it, but is almost the name of that state is almost a trigger word for some people. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from all the things that, that have gone on where, you know, you can get into some of the, the history of things that have happened there and good, bad, or indifferent, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your feelings are about it. I mean, I've driven, I was telling some folks, I've drove from San Diego to Monterey. I mean, you want to talk about 180 out in life. Those two places are nowhere near like each other. So you've right. got a lot of stretcher. What would make you even want to, I mean, because you're just putting a, a a political target to say, hey, I can run this whole state with mm-hmm. so much that's going on. Why would you even want to do that? Because I believe in the state and its people, and I cannot stand where it has been taken. You know, if you look at this place, uh, historically, we have been as high as the fourth largest economy in the world really? so as you look at and right now we're fifth we've been the four now think about that that's that means basically you have the economy to be the fourth largest nation in the world so that that's no idea that's unbelievable right now we're the fifth but when you look at the conditions here for instance we boast the fifth largest economy in the world while we host the largest number of homeless in the nation our homeless total more than 22 other states combined. We have 160,000 homeless in in California. So you look at homelessness, you look at the way, frankly, they're targeting our kids. Um, You uh, you know, and I, uh, when I say targeting our kids in schools, some of the things that they're doing in schools with, with the grooming of our kids, um, they're, they're, when I say grooming, okay, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm running for governor, so I'm going to be political. I believe they're indoctrinating our kids. They're not education centers. They're, they're indoctrination centers where certain ideologies are being pushed rather than just educating our kids and, and teaching them to think. And we, so when I say they're targeting our kids, when our current governor sends his kids to private school but keeps our kids out of school, okay, those kinds of things bother me. I can see that bothering you. But, yeah. I mean, in, in his position – you know, mm-hmm. from a safety standpoint, wouldn't you think his kids would go to a, a private school because it's just safer as far as right, like their tar- his targeting and people targeting him? They would target his children, that kind of well, thing. Oh, absolutely. And and I do believe that. But why are those private schools open, but you shut down and won't let kids go to public? Oh, school? oh, I got you. See, I got that's you where now. I'm coming from. Not a private school issue. I, I, I believe the parents should be able to choose where the kids go and the money should follow the student. Because I agree with that. OK. And so. I don't, I don't begrudge him one bit for having his kids in private school. There were times when my children were in, in private school, you know, and I have nine grandchildren. So when you look at, at the fact that they're, they're in school, um, what are they being taught? Are they just being taught what's necessary in critical thinking skills? Or are they being told what to think? And then they come home with, with ideology that is so foreign and is, is more 
more you know socialistic and marxist in some cases and and i'm not saying that every school is that way i'm not saying every teacher is bad what i'm saying is there is a trend and it's it's pretty prevalent today that a lot of, of the marxist ideologies are, are are making their way into our schools where our kids the things that you and i have defended for years in the military to make sure that we don't end up a socialist society or a marxist society are being openly taught and it's affecting uh, the next generation all they have to do, think about this for a minute. You know, we watch we watch television, and we used to say this all the time. What do they call it? Regularly scheduled programming. Right. Okay, now think about, <laughs> there, there's a reason they call it that, and it's time for us to interrupt their regularly scheduled programming. Okay, because they have our kids more of the, uh, for more hours of the day than we do. Mm-hmm. And all they have to do for generation after generation after generation is create a narrative until they finally reach a pinnacle and a tipping point where they have created a generation of voting change agents to vote in whatever they've been programmed to believe. Now, And I don't believe that the schools should be indoctrination centers. They should be an education center. I agree with that. But haven't we, you know, that that you could make that argument going mm-hmm. all the way back to the fact that our school systems are set up on an agro society that we don't really exist in anymore for nine mm-hmm. months you know, taking certain breaks for planting of crops for, for all those mm-hmm. things. You could even get into the point that um, the school systems changed during the uh, industrial revolution to fit the narrative of staying it in a classroom. You know, this is your process and that mm-hmm. you know, big money got in, involved in schools. I'm just curious because you brought this up and I'm, I'm a big fan of out here, uh, another political figure out in the New York area, uh, his name was Larry Sharp, and he had a very interesting idea for schools. What would be your, you know, and, and I'm not going to get into what he, he his plan was, because right. I'm a big fan of trade schools. I'm uh-huh. a huge fan of trade schools. Yeah, I, I personally went to the only high school in the state of Maryland at the time that was a public school that you had to apply to. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, it didn't have anything to do wow. with your, your school district. You had to maintain a 92% attendance, C average, and apply to it. And if you had three unexcused absences in a quarter, you failed for the year. Wow. If you had five excused in a quarter, you failed for the year because they were wow. prepared. But we also still went and learned trades and our regular mm-hmm. schooling because they were preparing us for the workforce. Right. And I, I think that's actually, I think that's brilliant. And there are many, many parents who are calling for for shop and those things to be brought back into school because there there are those who are not going to they're not academically inclined okay so they're not going to follow a path that takes them into med school or they're not going to follow a path that you know that brings them to be an attorney or or you know some of the higher uh, uh, occupations that require an education like that so what do you do i mean my family um nephews across the board all plumbers, I wish. all plumbers. I tell my okay? kids to be plumbers all the time. Yeah. And they, they do very well. They're skilled. It's, it's something that, that everybody needs. And I think the school should incorporate that again and bring it back in a lot of this wood shop, machine shop, all the things that teach a trade. And I think they should really get the same amount of attention as the academics 1, that, that, uh, that the other schools are teaching, whether community colleges or, or the, you know, the, the four year or, or postgraduate degrees. I think these folks have the same right to that kind of education 
as we're giving everybody when it comes to the academic intellectual studies. I think that's absolutely brilliant. But my idea is this, bring it back to what we need. Teach our kids what they need. The, our scores in our schools are falling around the nation to fall below, below, far below, frankly, other nations. And one of the things that we're doing as well, and I, you know, this is, this is Ron Jones's theory, but I think one of the most incredible things that we export from this nation that is detrimental to us is education. Students from around the world come to the United States. When they get here, they're yes. educated in how we do things. They go home, compete with us, and drive us out of business. And if we're not taking a, 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 a care of our own people, every culture within here who's here, if we take care of our own people, then that education serves this nation. And it serves businesses here and it serves families here. But if we keep exporting all of our education around the world to compete with us, all we're doing is diminishing our own role in business and we're hurting ourselves. I, I understand exactly what you mean. And Jeanette, who's one of my biggest fans, and, and I love Jeanette. She's a phenomenal photographer. Um, we're actually, I have some of her artwork around the house. Uh, she's asking, what specifically do you feel that they're pushing in schools? Is there any one particular thing you would say, hey, this is something that that's being pushed? Okay, I, I'm not a fan. And, uh, you know, you may get haters on this. I'm not a fan of CRT. I don't like that's things bad. that are divide a critical race theory. Oh, okay. Okay. And what that means is they're pointing out how you are, you are inherently intrinsically racist just because you were born a, a particular color of your skin. And I think you take away the individual will, the individual choice, and the individual relationship that people have if you start saying that you are inherently racist just because you're white or you're inherently this because you're this color. I don't believe that's the way to do it. We're all trying to get along. I mean, what was it that Martin Luther King said? Based on the content of your character, not the color of your skin, when that entire diatribe is based on the color of your skin, and therefore you are, a, a, you are racist. God. Just by virtue of being born with that color. I'll have to do my, my research on it. I, I don't know enough to speak educated to be able to say anything, but I, I'd have to do um, do do that myself. Uh, it, different children learn different. Absolutely. Jeanette, different children learn different ways. Some mm -hmm. by practical application, some by sitting and listening, some by discussion. 100% agree with that. I have I have one son that has ADD. Mm -hmm. I have another son who you could just whisper it in the room. He'll pick up on it and he, he retains it. I have another mm -hmm. who's very, very hands-on. Um, so I, I absolutely agree with that. And I would love if you, if you push the trades, mm -hmm. I, I'm a firm believer uh, personally, when you talk about, you know, the impoverished communities, I think mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things that was pulled away from those communities Yeah, is trades that, will always make money. A plumber is always going to make money. Your nephew is right. an yeah. electrician's going to make money, but sending someone to college, putting them in a ridiculous level of debt that for a position that may not, I watched on the, I, I'm a big fan of CBS Sunday morning. I love it because they always have mm -hmm. cooking shows on and I like cooking shows. Um, they had a woman on out in San Francisco, which is the most expensive highest BAH in the or second highest BAH in the country is San Francisco and woman was on there and she's $230,000 in debt from Penn state and from her masters living in San Francisco and can't make ends meet. Mm. It seems yeah. insane to me like, but yet 
being, being a plumber, you're losing your, you can't hear me. No, I'm sorry. I was telling someone in the room, please be quiet. I can hear you. <laughs> I was, about to say, I was I trying to be him. stealth about it. <laughs> Look, you were in the army. I was in the Marine yeah, Corps. There's yeah. nothing stealth about us, but no, the bombers. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's the true. only, <laughs> but, but I really, I, I love to hear that that's, that's something that you believe in is, is getting more into the trades and getting that, that push, because I really think that's how we shift our economy. Mm-hmm. That's how we make changes in areas that are, lower income and that are impoverished yeah. is giving trades, teaching trades, pushing trades, because that's guaranteed money. That's real Absolutely. money. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of all my nephews for what they're doing and, you know, they work hard. Uh, but you know, I, I watch them on Facebook and I just love watching their family posts and look at the job I just did and look, I just remodeled this place and I did. And I mean, it's incredible. You know, and, and, and I get kind of jealous going, man, I wish I could do that. I, I don't necessarily want to be a plumber. Well, I actually, I tried to be a plumber because my, my brother-in-law owned a plumbing company and I tried to go to work for him and he said no. So I joined the army. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, my plumber that we have come by the house and helped us out. He always says the same thing. He goes, go be a plumber. He said, mm-hmm. on a plumber's worst day, they come home stinking. Yeah. On an electrician's worst day, they don't come home. I was like, <laughs> that's just true. Never I'm thought like, of it that way. Well, that's my brother. Always, he's, a, he's an electrician and he came home, thankfully. Well, <laughs> I always used to tell my kids, you can always call a plumber to do electrical work. You can't call an electrician to come do plumbing. Mm. And that's a, a real thing. So, yeah. so we've got all this coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've got some things coming up. So I want to get, get as much at, out of this as we can. Um, where are, you know, if you're in the California area, you're you're up and down down the left coast. Mm-hmm. Um, where are some some upcoming stops, upcoming places where people could hear you speak or, or interact with you? Or do you have any town halls coming up? Anything? Well, here's what I'll do: is uh, you know a little bit later, we're going to have uh, our campaign strategist and analyst uh, is is Kristen, and she has my calendar. And uh, <laughs> so what she does is honestly, she points me because if I pay if I get lost in the weeds about how many things I have coming up, I it just goes like, okay, just point me there. And I know what that is and I'll go do it like this, you know? So yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't maintain my own schedule or I will get lost in the weeds. So Kristen will tell you about that, we, we but they get... can find out, uh, I'm sorry. They can't find out if they go to ronjones2022.org. Um, they're going to be listing our events on there so they can find some there here in the very near future. And, and now Nate has the most important question for you mm-hmm. so far. What is your go-to food? before events or after he said before events. I'm going to add after to it also the go-to campaign food for you. Well, when I can find it, one of my absolute favorite foods is Korean barbecue. Oh, bulgogi. Bulgogi and rice. Yes. Right. Along with the Yakimandu, you know, the little pot stickers that are deep fried and, and uh, yeah, where you cook it yourself on the table. I, I got to uh, give you this. <laughs> <laughs> there was a spot um i don't know if have you ever been to quantico in virginia uh no i haven't so if you ever get a chance to go to quantico it's it, for folks that don't know this quantico yes it's where the fbi is at but it's also a marine corps base quantico mm-hmm. headquarters marine corps but it's also what's unique is there's a town inside of the base that has nothing to do with the base oh wow and it's called q town it's a little mm-hmm. tiny town it's the only place where marines are allowed to go in town in camouflage utilities because it's behind the gates mm-hmm. and they had a there was a which was odd because we don't have anything in korea for the marine corps 
but there's a large Korean community there. And they used to have the best bulgogi sandwiches. They would put mm -hmm. them on like a sub roll. Yeah. Raw. Yeah. And, and, wow. It just, uh, I love it. Yeah. It's, you guys it's have my great go -to. food like that out, out on the left coast. I'll give you guys that. Yeah. And Mexican food's really good too. So if I can't find, uh, you know, the bulgogi and rice, then, then we're, then we're going to go for some good burritos, tacos. Tacos is always a, a go. -to. You can't go wrong. No, I, you can't. I'm a big fan out there, uh, and I wish we had them on out here. We don't have Jack in the Box. Ah, uh, breakfast and jacks I, are the deal right there. Uh, ultimate bacon double cheeseburger. Uh, <laughs> That's there you mine. Go. Uh, now, and, and Nate, 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 and I are always go back and forth. Nate's from Baltimore originally, like myself. Mm -hmm. So he also wants to know seafood. Yes, no. Oh, absolutely. I love salmon. Uh, very much. I, I, I like sushi. My favorite fish, if I'm going to have fish, is, is a big salmon, baker grilled salmon. Yeah. And, oh. and crab and lobster. Uh, I'm expanding beyond the fish part of seafood. Yeah. yeah. Look, see, for us, seafood is always shellfish first <laughs> and then yeah. everything else. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm learning that. Well, I was growing in up Boston. in Baltimore. Yeah. I was in Boston and I had their lobster bisques there at Fenil Hall. There's a place right by Fenil Hall. Oh. Completely yeah. different, isn't it? Yeah. It's com yeah. completely different when you get into those things. Yeah. So, I mean, well, that means the next thing, though, is so I know the governors, is it always mayors or governors that when the big sporting events are going on, they, they do the bets? We'll, we'll send you a case of this. And a ah, well, I can give you a first hand of that back. I grew up in Seattle. Okay. And uh, 1976 was the year I graduated high school. And that was the expansion year for the Seattle Seahawks. And the expansion year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so our governors had uh, had a bet going. And when they played the, uh, for the first time, Seattle versus Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay won. So they got a so their governor got a case of um, salmon, whereas, you know, I, I think we were getting the short end of the stick. If Seattle had won, we'd have got like oranges. But I was about to say, what are you getting a case of oranges or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Absolutely. Not quite the same. And Nate, Nate's, I got to agree with him. Got to get you out there. Some Maryland blue crabs. Nothing okay. Like I'm, I'm down. But you know, well, that could be it. You know, you could, <laughs> if you win your race, I know there's a big race out in uh, Maryland also for, mm -hmm. for the Maryland governor, uh, Hogan, Hogan's in a big race out there. <laughs> Seattle sea chickens. We're, we're big <laughs> Ravens fans. We're big Ravens fans. You're going to, uh, uh, so now are you a Seahawks fan? I got I'm going to, oh, absolutely. I don't mean to put that out there. That, you know, I was back in the days of Jim Zorn and Steve Largent, you know, nice. the, 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 way back in the day. Steve Largent is my all time favorite receiver. That guy was just amazing. I uh, know there are others. I know you've got Jerry Rice. I know all over the place, San Francisco, but for me, Steve Largent was the most reliable. That man ran the most reliable patterns you would ever see. And he had hands. He had hands like blue. He was, he was awesome. He went uh, on to politics as well in Oklahoma. I think he became a congressman for a time. Yeah. There's a lot of those folks. Um, Lewis Lips was a politician in uh, Pennsylvania. Do you remember Lewis Lips? The name again, I missed it. Uh, Lewis Lewis Lips that used to that played for the forty or for the uh, Steelers. Oh, okay. He was a Steelers wide receiver. He he went on into a political arena. He actually, I think, at one point in time, he was like running for for senator or something like that mm. out there. But he was another one. Then he also owned a chocolate company. Oh, it's just, yeah. well, like, he won my vote. I should say he won my wife's vote there. Oh, she's so, a Steelers yeah. fan. <laughs> no, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what they say? Great. You know what they say? If your wife looks like she needs a hug, give her a hug. If she growls, step back and throw chocolate. <laughs> 
just throw chocolate. <laughs> it, it's sa- it's safer that way. There you go. Uh, now I am curious, you know, because I don't want to I want to miss this opportunity. What is something that for you, like everybody's got their day one thing? Yeah, you know, we, fast forward. Uh, and your guys, uh, I don't know if it's any different because I know we're dealing with some stuff out here in New York where. They tried to redraw lines and mm-hmm. got told, nope, that's gerrymandering, fix it. Um, so I don't know what day. So your election goes off what day? Uh, the primary is June 7th and the general is uh, November 8th. Okay. And so, then so then you're sworn in in January. Gotcha. So it's just, it's the same. We're, they're just yeah. moving our, uh, our primary because of this whole lines thing. Okay. What's your day one item? Your day okay. one, I can do this. This is what yeah. I'm putting in place. Fair, fair question. And uh, I tell everybody my day one is to review every executive order that the previous governor has put out and determine which ones need to go away. Um, you know, that there are a number of those that uh, that I don't agree with. But, you know, um, one of the, there are things that he can do. So I'm just saying this. That's what I'll do. I'm going to review all of all of the executive orders determines which one after I review them need to stay and which ones need to go. Um, Cause there are a lot of things that he could do for the state that he's not doing that are, that are mandates that I think are, are basically unconstitutional. Some of the things that he was mandating and he's starting to back off of them now. Um, but you know, there are so many things he could do for the state that he's not doing. You know, we have a 51 cent measure a gas tax here that he could suspend and he won't do it when we're, you know, we're climbing up to $7 a gallon. And he won't do that. So what is he doing now? This is an environmental candidate, right? Our environmental governor. And what does he do? Okay. First of all, I'll just say it this way. He starts off before his recall that he won. He issued a uh, $600 tax refund to everybody just to be kind just before the recall. (laughs) Wow. I love you guys. Here's $600. Can I get that back? Yeah. Yes. And and thank you for helping me through the recall, uh, which you're about to do, because I know you're going to vote for me not to be recalled. And uh, what I call that is keeping your war chest safe and secure while using taxpayer dollars to to further your campaign. Now, what he's going to do instead of suspending 51 cents at the pump, I mean, the people would have a realized benefit every time they go to the pump. He's going to give every everyone up to two up to two per family. Uh, per registered vehicle, a $400 ATM card for gas. Well, that's so kind. That's really kind. Now, this is the environmental candidate who's going to send millions upon millions of plastic cards into the environment he loves so much. And he's not even depositing it in the account. He wants something in your hand that says, look what he gave me. And it was supposed to be out here in the summer. Then they backed it off to August. Now it's going to be October, one month before the election that these cards are coming up. Like, like magic. Hey, nothing to see here. Moving on, moving along, moving Don't on. look at this hand. I've got yes. something else going on. <laughs> yeah, you got to. Exactly right. You, you got to love those things. Now, I am going to uh, make my campaign push right now mm-hmm. for an official The Above the Bar podcast day. That's what I need. I, I'm, we're gonna, I'm pushing now for an official day. Okay. Uh, across California, um, where everyone has to buy a shirt with my face on it and wear it. I mean, that's, I think that's fair. What do you think? You know, I, I, maybe that should be my first, first, first thing on day one. Same what do you here. think? Give, give you another one. I think that's wow. another Now we've got two one. things to do on day one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ron, I, 
I, I know you got some things coming up and, and you got to get ready to jump off here and everything, but I truly, truly appreciate it there, brother. I mean, it's always, I always talk, enjoy talking to anyone prior service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to agree with Nate here for a second. Yes, Nate, I will run for president of what I have no idea. <laughs> it won't be the hair club for men. So we're good there. There, there, there you go. And, and we're going to bring Kristen on here in a moment and she's going to give you the high five. Uh, one of the things that we we always like to do on the show is I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity. So all of our guests always get the get the last word. So you won't get be at the end of the show to get the last word. Mm-hmm. Kristen's going to talk to us a little bit here. But uh, what is your what is your final word for us? I just want to say I think it's time for us to take uh, uh, um, America in a different direction. And specifically, I'm beginning with my state because that's where that's where I have served for the last uh, 30 plus years. And that's where uh, all of my family is. Uh, I should say my all three of my kids and, and grandkids and three German Shepherds and Fox Terrier, Jack Russell Mix and 75 pound Solcata Tortoise. We're all here. And I want to turn the state back around to where it's for the people again and not for politicians. I, I don't think that we're moving in the right direction. I want to bring power back to the people. I want to honor our constitutional rights. I will. I have taken the oath three times in my life to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And it seems today, for the first time in my life, it almost appears there are more enemies domestic than there are foreign. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that context, I, I want to move to where I restore people's rights, parental rights, uh, Second Amendment rights, everything that belongs to us based on the founders. And, uh, you know, with people's help, I could do that. And I know that Kristen will close this out for me at the end. But you can go to ronjones2022.org and would just appreciate you just taking a look at who we are and what we stand for. And I really want to say thank you so much for what you're doing and having me on your program. And I've, I have thoroughly enjoyed this time. I honestly didn't know what to expect. And it's like, I'm almost, man, I don't have, I, I got to go. I'm enjoying this. You know? well, I, well, we'll have to come up with another time, Ron, for you All to right, come back. You. There's, trust me, there's plenty of things that you and I could talk about, things that, that I think mm-hmm. about in this arena. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll see what some of your thoughts are. Kristen's going to come along. And I always sign all my guests off with the same thing as you're getting ready to leave, Ron. Be sure to push your stool in. <laughs> I'm sitting on one, so I will. <laughs> Thank you. So great You're to welcome, see you, brother. Have, have a go, and we'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye, bye, Ron. Well, hello, Miss Kristen. So I'm gonna bring Miss Kristen on. Miss Kristen and I have known each other now. We realized this. Oh my gosh. The other, the other day, I didn't realize when I got the first email about Ron coming on with us. That Miss Kristen and I have known each other for a year. The first time we spoke was in April of last year when we had uh, Miss Rami on for uh, Hope three sixty five, and she's Rima, she's, yeah, Rima Nashashibi, Rima, Rima, yeah. not Rami, Rima, yeah. for Hope three sixty five, and she does advocacy for uh, human trafficking. Uh, folks, mm-hmm. go back and listen to that episode. I learned so much, and we actually did that one with the pod father, Herb, who's starting to feel better, and hopefully we'll be back on the air soon. Um, he had some some medical stuff, but he's still been supporting the network. It's his network. Oh, okay. Um, oh. But he, we had her on, and then I get this wonderful email <laughs> saying, hey, Sean, would love to have Ron on your show. What do you think? And I'm looking at this name going, I know this name. <laughs> 
Where did this person find me? So. Oh my gosh. Well, I think I was a thorn in your side because I was like, okay, now when, where, give me that again. And my and Rima was like, did you get it all? I'm all, I'm getting it. I'm getting it for you. So we got it all together. And so it. I have to say thank you for coming on. We're gonna give you another applause here. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So Miss Kristen is she you are a political consultant. Yeah, I'm a political you were you really work the behind the scenes. And I think a lot of us think about politics. We see that front facing or we've watched shows like West Wing or any of these other things that are out there. And we think about, oh, who's the spin doctor in this and who's the other person. But right. you're not in that vibe. Yeah, no, no. You know, and um, it's so interesting that, you know, it's a team of people, teams, like multiple people that are working on a campaign. And, um, you know, I've worked on senatorial races. I've worked on congressional races. Um, and now I'm a, it's my first gubernatorial race, you know, and, um, uh, I was talking to someone yesterday. I was talking to Scott Baugh cause we were at a, um, Diane Dixon, she's running for assembly and we were working, we were at a fundraiser and I wanted to bring Ron around, you know, cause fundraisers are great places to bring, <laughs> to bring any candidate, even if you're not speaking, you know? And so uh, I was talking to Scott Bond. I'm like, Scott, I'm like, I will never complain about a congressional district again. I'm like, the state, this state is so big, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's got to be an eye opener. You don't really, like I'm telling you, I drove from San Diego when I was in the Marine Corps. I had a friend up in Monterey. And that's actually where the Defense Language Institute is for all the military to learn foreign languages is in Monterey. So I drove up there. That was a seven hour drive and I never left the same state. Exactly. Exactly. I, I wasn't even through it yet. I hadn't even made it to San Francisco. I was only in Monterey. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. Oh my gosh. I was like, I, we, I'm organizing, I organized the entire state and I have these boards, you know, and I have seven boards and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is a lot of territory. And I'm like, all right, let's get key people in all these regions. I'm like, let's get them. Let's get them. Let's get them because I can't cover the entire thing. But if I have key point people throughout the state, you know, and that's what I do. Like I've been in Orange County now for 13 years working in, um, in politics. You know, I started, oh, you want to hear the story of how I got into politics? Absolutely. Cause I was going to ask you, as you said that, like, are you a, a native Californian? Oh yeah. I'm a native California. I, I, um, I was born in, um, I spent most of my childhood, most of my childhood in the Ventura County. I was in, uh, we had a place in Newberry Park, which is right next to Thousand Oaks, California. Okay. I've you heard know? of Thousand Oaks and I've heard of Ventura, yeah. but I don't know anything else. Yeah. Okay. So we were there for seven years and my dad, my dad, um, he got, he had a lot of jobs and a lot of territories. So we moved 13 times within my childhood. Yeah. It was a lot, but you know what I liked about it? There's a lot of things that, there's a few things I didn't like about it, but what I loved about it is life is an adventure. So I'm like, where are we off to next? You know? And it was kind of exciting, you know, cause I'm, I love adventures, you know? You're such so. a positive person to talk to. I'm going to tell anyone, if you get a chance, just, you know, if you get a chance to talk to Kristen, she's such a positive person to talk to. You can always hear the smile in her voice as you can hear as we're doing this. 
and, and always a pleasure to speak with uh-huh. uh, Nate, Nate's over here. Nate has a friend who has a political podcast. We'll have to connect you with them. And that's oh, all they do is politics. Oh, um, that'd be fantastic. Well, you know, I think that, you know what? I really think in this world, there's so much, you know, sadness and just maybe not sadness, but just anger, you know? And I'm like, you know what? We need to look for the positive. I always said that. I'm like, we always need to look at the positive. You know, the glass is always half full. It's usually, it's usually all the way full, you know, in my house. You know, I just, and even though my days aren't like terrific sometimes, if I keep that glass full, half full, it's, it gives me an edge, you know? And it helps me with my energy. It helps me with my outlook and it keeps me out of the weeds. You know, I'm like, you know, there's a lot of times when we're in politics and we're stuck in the weeds, you know, and I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of crap that's happening in politics, but stay out of the weeds. Come up, focus on what we need to do. And I tell my team that all the time. I'm like, stay out of the weeds. I'm all, is this going to hurt our, our, our campaign? And they're like, no, I'm like, well, then let, don't waste any energy on it. Focus, get out of the weeds. Focus on the prize. Start Focus telling them to keep it above the bar. Tell them to yeah. keep it above the bar. I knew I like that too. Yeah. See that? You tell them like, just keep it above the bar. Just keep saying that over and over oh, so that they can all look at my podcast and then they'll find me. Like so, so, but now tell me, you said 13 years now you've been involved in politics. In politics, what yeah. was What was the catalyst for you? To even say, well, I want to go do this. This is something that that seems like a value to you as a person. Oh, well, it was my three kids. So Maybe. I was, I studied TV and film production. And I, I majored in TV, film, and um, radio studies. And um, I got a job as an assistant editor. And I was an assistant editor. And I worked on movies of the week. And then, um, you remember movies of the week? Do you remember those on NBC? NBC and yes. they always yes. had movies of the week. So that's where I started. Okay. Yes. I started. Yeah. And I worked for Deborah Raffin. Deborah Raffin was on seventh heaven. Remember okay. she was the alcoholic, um, sister. And anyway, she and I, I got along with her tremendously, you know, and I was working for, um, Danny Khan's son, Danny Khan cut all of the I Love Lucy shows. Okay. And I worked with his son for four shows, four NBC, you know. And anyway, so um, one day, one day we, you know, it, it's a battle zone in the editorial room, you know. And one day he was talking to De- Deborah, and they were like, they would go at it, you know. They would go at it and I would just be like, take notes, take notes. Just pretend like you're preoccupied, you know, like go, and she had two little dogs and they were always in the editorial room. And I had, to, <laughs> I had to be careful with my chair that it didn't roll over them or I'd be dead. That would be my job would be over. Right. And so I would be like, here dogs, I'm just cut you while they're arguing, you know? So, <laughs> so one day, one day, um, Danny goes, we need to take a walk. And I'm like, Oh, I know that what that means we're walking out, you know? And so let I'm me like, get, let me get my box before, yeah. before we leave. Let me get my box. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, here it goes. I'm all put my paper down, sit down. I'm like, we're taking the walk. I'm like, and we're getting Starbucks, which means it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there drinking Starbucks. I'm, uh, we're over in Beverly Hills, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm like, so what are we walking? He's like, Kristen, 
I'm walking, you're not walking. And I'm like, what? I'm like, no, Danny, we go, we go together. I, you know what? I'm going with you. I've worked with you all this time. I'm going with you. He's all, no, Kristen, they're going to let you finish this. I'm going to pass the baton to you. So that was how I became an editor. So I finished. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's such a cool story. I know. I like, I like, I love stories. I'm, and anyway, so, and this is a true story, so it's not a fake story. And um, so anyway, um, so um, yeah, so I finished the film and then I worked on, after that, I did an A&E biography with Bob Hope. I did Bob Hope's A&E biography. We had three editors on board and it was like the best ever. I had to go into the archives they had like vaults of just film, like, um, you know, like films that I looked through. And I love history of television, film and radio. That was one of my amazing. favorite shows in, in school, you know, so I just loved it. Right. And um, anyway, it was just so exciting. And um, I was in, I'm like, I'm going to live here forever. This is my <laughs> moment, you know, and I have three small kids at home. Right. And um and I was, I was listening to the news on the way back from home. And um, I'm like, and it said Hillary Clinton was running. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is not good. This is not good for our country. This is not what I want. I don't want this for my kids. I was working, worried about global security because she was going to have all these Syrians come into our, you know, into our, um, she's going to allow Syrian um, refugees into our country. And I'm like, not all of them are bad, but they were a threat to our global community, our, our, our community, you know, in our country. And I'm like, I'm done with editing. I can't edit anymore. I have to go into politics. So, <laughs> so, so what is it? So I, you, minored, I minored in politics. So you got handed what really was a gem of, mm-hmm. of, of a gig. I mean, you're talking... You're doing A and E. You're yeah. you're doing thirteen years ago. Uh, oh, you did HBO too. Yeah. So so you're. I mean, a lot of that. I think that's all Warner Brothers, isn't it? That's yeah. all. Yeah. So you're 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 in the thick of the Warner Brothers world. Yeah. Which hey, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, I'll do your <laughs> podcast. I'll do the Warner Brothers podcast. I think it would be amazing. You should have me. Maybe. But um. But so you're in the thick of that. And because you hear this person's running mm-hmm. and that's you, you feel like, you know what? Nope. I got, I got to walk away from this. I yeah. got to walk away from all this and go to this other thing. What was the reaction? And I know we're going to get to Ron's piece in a minute. I promise we'll go yeah. back to Ron. I know that's important, yeah. but this is just fascinating to me because I'm always interested by people who make hard lefts in their life and go, Hey, I'm on this great path. I'm going this way. But really something inside of you says, this isn't for you. This other yeah. thing is. Yeah. What was the reaction from, from family and friends when you were like, yeah, I'm giving up all this. I'm giving up Hollywood. I'm giving up all these opportunities to, to hobnob and Schwab and, and, and do all these things. And I'm going to yeah. go into a political arena, which I have no experience in. Right. Yeah, it was, you know, it, I had, um, I really had a mixed review. You know, I like people would say, is your heart still beating? <laughs> Did your brain still work? <laughs> you know, it's like, That's what the heck, you know? And um, my my parents, they're like, 
yay, my mom's a crusader, you know, her, her mom was, um, a, oh, sister suffragette, you know? Oh, really? Yeah. My grandma was amazing. Grant, my grandma, I remember my grandma was one of the first Republican women federated presidents. And wow. in middle school, I would go to her with her, you know, to her meetings and I'd bring my little clipboard and I'd take little notes and things like that. I mean, it was, it's in my blood though, to be a crusader, you know, and you know, not everybody had that, but my cheerleader was my parents and my husband was, and my kids were happy because I was coming back to Orange County, you know? Okay. And I spent a lot of time, I mean, in LA, you know, those are long hours, right? So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what God has planned for me, but I feel like I need to do this. You know, I just really felt like directed, like this is what I need to do. That's so. awesome. Uh, Ray, Ray Gagnon, who is a good, good mentor, a, a real mentor of mine. He says, courage Ooh. and grace under fire. Ray is a oh. super mentor of mine. He's helped me with a lot of different things and uh, really helped me to kind of, we've had com conversations over the years and he always, he was a master guns. He was actually, I give him a lot of credit. He never remembers the story until I tell the story. I yeah. was out of recruiting duty. I was back okay. out in the fleet Marine forces and wanted to come back in. And I, he was actually the first phone call I made. I remembered him. I was like, Hey, master guns, can I come back out? And he goes, yeah. Oh. And, and it was funny because the chief oh. warrant officer I worked for didn't quite understand my recruiting background. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, uh, I'm going to have orders here real soon. And she goes, uh, we'll see if you have orders, blah, blah, blah. And I said, <laughs> I said, okay. We'll see. In like in less than like a week or two, Master Guns got had orders or whatever he did. I had orders and they were like in February. And this was like, and I was like, she goes, You 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 have orders. They say February. And it was like 30 days I needed it. I said, ma'am, can you let them know my son's in school? I'll be there in June. Marine, these are I said, ma'am, can you please? Uh -huh. She come back and she goes, the order say June now. I was like, thanks, ma'am. Appreciate it. Oh, wow. Right. Oh, my God. Was kinda good. I was kind of good at what I did there. You are. Uh, oh, my gosh. Good. Way to go. You so right. Master Guns is one of my one of my oh, mentors who did, did a lot for me. Oh, uh, Master Guns, uh, yes, obviously the right decision. Obviously the right yeah, decision. Obviously. Uh, yeah, he oh. He has been a, a great mentor to me. So oh, so let's move a little bit forward. So 13 years you're in politics, you're doing local government, you're doing yeah. a little bit of a little bit of state. Oh, yeah. Do you want me to tell, you want me to tell you how I got in? Oh, yeah. Tell me how you got in because I'm very okay. curious. Okay, so it's a, it's an interesting story. So I'm like, okay, so I'm back from LA. I've got my little coffee. I'm like, all right, let's see what we're gonna do here, right? So I'm like, oh, let's call the OCGOP Central Committee. Um, what is that? Okay. Oh, it's the Orange County GOP office. Okay. Every every office in the entire in all the counties in the, in our state have a county GOP, you know, Republican um, office, and they have a county. I think they have a county um, uh, Democrat, you know, office too. So I'm like, well, let's just call the OC GOP, you know, office. And um, so anyway, so um, there's this lady named Mary Young that called, that answered. And I'm like, hi, Mary, my name is Kristen Manna. And I'm like, I really want to make a difference. And I don't want Hillary Clinton to run for president. <laughs> and I was 
was like all excited. I was like a cheerleader. And she's like, she's like, Kristen, because where did you come from? I've never seen you around. I'm like, well, I've been in LA, you know, and I told her my story and she goes, I never answered the phone. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, I am running Trump's West Coast campaign center. Oh, wow. Can you meet me tomorrow? And that's wow. what I did. Yeah. So I was a volunteer there and I was like gung ho. I'm like, this is exciting. Right. And I was in the phone banking, you know, um, phone bank, um, the phone bank, you know, um, room. Answering calls. People were calling yeah, in and yeah, everything. Exactly the center, the phone bank center, you know, and I was like this little eager beaver. Right. And I'm like, Mary, let's do this. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we called, we called the, um, the, uh, swing states in the morning. And then we called the West coast at night, you know? So, and we started like mid like mid morning, you know, and, um, and they were long hours and I just proved myself with her and I got along with people, you know? And so she gave me, um, I, I worked the mornings and the, the first shift and then she would, we'd have like an hour, like, um, layover, you know, like not layover, overlap. But, overlap yeah and then she would come in the evening and that was like my first jump into it and wow. people saw that i did really well i got volunteer um of the uh volunteer of the month award i uh, got um to be a delegate um and it was just amazing oh, nice. you know so and you've yeah. been in both feet you you didn't i did i mean, I mean and that was a very i mean you talk about Oh. A serious debate. Um, yeah, I actually sat down with my kids, my my one son that was popping around here earlier, and we listened to uh, from another podcast from Wondery um, that they did all fifty four. Uh, is it fifty four now? What are we up to? Fifty. Yeah. God, fifty four. Is it fifty four presidential elections or fifty two? Oh no, it's it's forty six now. He, okay. um, he, Trump was the forty fifth. Biden's the forty sixth. And then, president, but not how many elections? That's, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's that's presidents, not elections. Right, there's been exactly. more elections, but they did every single one of them all the way up to oh, wow. Biden, Trump, and they went into like some of the coolest things about some of these elections. That here in New York, we had a lot of influence in on so much of it, uh, even getting into like duels and all kinds of crazy stuff. It was. It's very good if you ever get a chance. Oh, wow. some wondery, um, I have to look it up. I'll send it to you. So oh, yeah, I'd love to see it. Yeah. But let's fast forward to talk about Ron for a, a oh, moment yeah. here. So how does that come about where, okay, so you've done a presidential campaign for your first one. We're doing some states. What about Ron that you said, you know, was it just his political side that he was a Republican and that's where you aligned to? Was or was it more like, was there something that kind of keyed to you? Yeah. Well, here's the story. Okay. So I, I was at the CAGOP convention. Okay. And I'm a, I'm a networker. Like my dad is a major networker. I love networking. Right. So that is my lane. Like I love to network. Right. Yeah. I'm like this. I love it. And this is like my energy. You know, I love, like, I'm like, I go into parties, you know, in these different like um, clubs and I'm like, okay, 
I'm like, I sit in the back and I'm like, I need to talk to him, talk to her, talk to him. Oh yeah, that's good. So I have a little notebook and I like to take little notes. So I know, you know, who I'm supposed to speak to, you know, whenever. So I was actually working for another candidate. I was making, working for another candidate and he is a doctor by trade. And, um, he has four urgent care centers and one of his, the doctors was ill. So he's not able to come. So I'm like, oh, geez. I'm like, and I was at the, the best, one of the best receptions. Uh, there's tons of receptions, you know, at these things. I mean, you know, like the tax collector will have a, no, not really. The tax collector won't have a reception. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, like if person running for, you know, school board, the school board association will have a reception. You know, the, you know. Um, state senators will have, and each individual state senator will have like their own thing. You know, it's big, like there's, it's big. So um, this candidate that I was working for, um, he was not from our area, you know, and I'm like our Orange County GOP, um, um, uh, in the, our, uh, whatever we're talking about. Um, Representative. Yeah. No, our Orange County, our reception. Reception. Our reception. Yep. Sorry. We don't sleep a lot in politics. So sometimes you go, okay, thank God I'm not the candidate because I would have to sleep a little more. Um, anyway, so I'm like, I'm at the reception and I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm like, all right, I know who I'm going to talk to and I'm just line up meetings for this candidate. Right. And so anyway, so I'm, I'm going and then I see a candidate that I work with, you know, and I work with, with Christopher Gonzalez. Um, he's running for Congress. And I worked for him until December. And do you remember how, like, our maps changed? Yeah, that's been a big, big conversation oh. out here in, oh, in yeah. uh, New York. It's been real bad here in New York. That could be five episodes with us, but I know you don't have time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we Like I was saying to, to yeah. Ron, we just yeah. went through it here in New York. And oh, yeah. a federal judge had to come and go, that's gerrymandering. You're, you can't yeah. do that. And had to tell him to, to fix it because it really would have it. I, I, I always say I don't care what your your view is. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a libertarian. Right. Um, and that would have really just shut our state down to one political party. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it, it's, you know, and so I had a contract with Christopher Gonzalez until the maps, because I'm like, you know what? I need, I know what's good. I know clubs and I know different areas within Orange County. So let's end it at and revamp and re receive. That'll work for us once the maps are drawn, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so I ended up with, you know, I worked for him through December right before the maps. And then he moved out of his district that I know really well. And so, you know, I said goodbye, you know, and was working, looking for something else. Not that I didn't like Christopher, but I just felt like I it was time. This just district wasn't, and I don't know it as well as some of the other districts, right? And I don't want to take his money if I'm not going to do my job well, right? So, anyway, so I saw Christopher at this uh, OC reception, right at the OCGO uh, at the CAGOP, and I walked up to him all, Christopher, and I always have like these ideas. I'm all, Christopher, I have these ideas. He's like, wait, Kristen. He's like, let me introduce you to Ron, Ron Jones. And I'm like, Ron, I'm like, oh my gosh, Ron. I'm like, it's so nice to meet you. My name is Kristen Manna, you know? And he's like, and here's my campaign manager, uh, Bud England. I'm like, 
hey bud, how are you doing? You know, and I'm like super excited about like telling Christopher all this juicy things that I needed to tell him. <laughs> and, and I'm just excited. Like this is my energy, you know, and my passion, you know. And so um, we were talking to, um, we we're talking and Christopher just like kind of shut me off and we're just concentrating on, on them because he's the gubernatorial candidate. You know, it's like, I can't talk about, he like takes, he trumps a congressional candidate. Right. So we're like out of respect, we can't really talk about this. Right. So anyway, so um, that night he's like, I'm like, where are you from? He's off the Yucca Valley. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, have you met any people? I've never seen you at the OCGOP. He's like, well, I've been in Yucca Valley, you know? And I'm like, well, that's true. I'm like, I have so many people I want you to meet. So, <laughs> so I was lining up work for my candidate, but I was also like taking Ron and is and is and I'm like introducing to people, networking for him, you know. And uh, anyway, so that was like the first night, and then I and then he gave me a call, you know, the next day, you know, because it's big, it's a big convention, and he's like. He's like, hey, he's like, can we do, can we do coffee? It, you know, my bud calls me. He's like, would you like to do coffee? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, well, I'm going to my first couple of workshops. Can we meet for lunch? He's like, yeah, we'd love to take you for lunch. So, so they offered me a part-time job while I was working with this other candidate. And they're like, do you have any hours? I'm like, of course I have hours. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> there's also a lot of, there's lots of hours in a day, you know? So anyway, so that's how that's, and my other candidate, um, it, you know, he, he put my contract on pause and Bud and Ron picked me up. So that's how I, that's how I got with them. Well, I got to read this to you. Yeah. Uh, Ma Master Guns says, it's so refreshing to listen to a genuinely positive spirited person. I'm thoroughly enjoying listening to Kristen. Great interview. Great show. Thanks, Master Guns. Aww. Thank you. I told you, you got great. See, people who I sometimes tell people, like, you got to talk. Like, I have this person, I'm going to talk to them. They've got great energy. And I tell people all the time, some people you can really hear their smile when they talk. Yeah. And yeah. you have that. You have yeah, that. You that to me. Yeah. You, you, you have that energy. So, when, what are some of the things that you've got? Cause you've got Ron's calendar. Mm -hmm. Oh, control yeah. The calendar. What are some of the things that, if you're out on the, out on the left coast? Yeah. Um, that oh, you got him state. coming up with. Yeah, on our entire state. So we have the state. So on the 21st of this Saturday, we have the Huntington Beach Conservative Convention. And that is, this is the first. This is, this is the first. And it's a conservative convention. And, um, and my friend Pano, Pano is, Pano is, is great. He's from the College Republicans. And he's, you know, he used to be a president of the College Republicans. You should have him on his show, um, on your show. He is um, running for city council in Huntington Beach. And so I'm like, when I targeted all my people, you know, like my point people and like people of influence, like all my boards, I have like area and people of influence. Pano was up there on the top of Orange County, you know. So, um, so anyway, it's Pano put this together, you know, and it's the first, um, it's the first conservative convention and they call it HBCon, HBCon, you know, and um, you get to hear from all the, the candidates, you know, you get to 
chat with them. There's going to be tables there where you can chat with them. And it's really exciting. It's like state candidates and also local candidates. So, and let's see. Oh, and then, then if you want to have a nice dinner and kind of like just relax and listen to the candidates, you don't want to walk around a convention, you go to <laughs> on the 23rd um, is the OC Log Cabins Republican Forum at the Palm and Olive. Um, and that's in Costa Mesa. So, and that's with my friend, um, uh, John Merrill. John Merrill's the president and he should be on your show too. I have so many people. Well, you're, gonna, you you're just going to keep filling my show up with, with all I these am. people. I am. I am. I was and big then, in Montana. Now I'm going to be big in California. You are. You are. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to have your own little studio out here too. You know, but you don't have to do that. You can just stay there. You just need more <laughs> You need more time slots. Can you just have more time slots? Just keep keep filling up. If it, if it reaches the point where you know everything takes off and it pays the bills, we'll we'll add more time slots. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll call me because I have lots of people who need to be on your show. That would be fun. And then let's see, five twenty five. The log cabin Republican. He's going to be in San Francisco. Log cabin Republican, San Francisco gubernatorial forum is happening in the sausage factory at San Francisco. Now that's this interesting. Guy, so it's log it's log cabin. That's got a, a real history to it. That yeah. term of a log cabin, because that actually gets into uh I learned about that from that show I told you I watched where they, oh, you did? they yeah oh, they I get into a guy who claimed he was a you know oh I grew up in a log cabin, this, that and the other and he was actually uh the politician was a silver spoon, grew up of privilege, but claimed he was a log cabin beer drinking and uh it gets into the whole history where they gave him a uh they planted a person in the audience to be like this beer like i remember you and he's like i remember you such and such and they come out and he brings him up and they drink a, a mug of beer together but it was oh, this wow. whole thing and they used to parade a log cabin through oh. the streets it's like it's very neat that that's the oh term God. they're going with yeah I don't even know the history. I probably oh, should. That, that show was just, it, it was, a, it's a very good show. I can't remember the name of it. Now you got me curious about something and with your yeah. background in politics, and this is a big thing here in New York. Yeah. We've never had a, last time we had a Republican uh, governor in New York was Pataki. Oh yeah. And the big thing with, with that was because Pataki really only campaigned in New York City. There's 9 million mm -hmm. people there. He yeah. spent the majority of his campaign down there because he comfortably knew that people of his political views upstate were always going to vote his way, but there's 9 million people that really control the the way things are done in this state mm -hmm. because of the, the density of that area. Is California one of those kind of things? Like I heard you mention, like I don't know the counties there. I've heard oh, yeah. of Orange County, but is it one of those kind of things like, hey, you really got a campaign in L.A. or oh, San yeah. Francisco or it really that's all that matters. If you can win those two areas, you can win the state. Is it one of those kind of things? No, California is so hard. Like I we know like every vote counts because we're in a statewide. It's so different than uh, running for Congress. You know, like I said, I'll never complain about a, the congressional district after working <laughs> in state. You know, it's just a lot, you know, and. So I know like San Diego, San Diego is pretty, 
pretty leans conservative, uh, leans, leans, I would have say leans Republican, you know, all the bases and, and the military down yeah. there. Yeah. So we have a good shot. So we need a heavy hit there. You know, we need to get out there. We need to, and there's certain counties that you need to put more, more effort into because you will get more votes, you know, like LA County, we will not get a lot of votes. You know, I mean, we could, but it would be better for us to spend like, you know, six hours in San Diego. We'd have a greater output, you know, potential, greater voter potential in like San Diego versus LA, you know, but there are parts of LA that are different. LA is like, LA is like a, a state, Huge. you know, it's like a state, you know, like Pasadena, like you concentrate your efforts in Pasadena. There's different areas within LA that you'd want to spend more time in, you know, but you know, what's great about Ron is Ron is law and order and public safety and people in cities are tired of being afraid. It's you bad. Know? Yeah. And so, you know, that is the benefit of Ron with his background. He's more than rhetoric. Like a lot of these candidates, you know, I've listened to candidates forever, you know, for better, for worse, you know, <laughs> usually for worse. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding people out there. I love all of you candidates, most of them. Um, but, you know, it's like, he has a law, he has a legitimate law enforcement background. And when he says, I can, I can provide law and order, he can provide law and order. He's he not. Understands like, it. Yeah, he understands it. He's been in it. This is, he is like, he protects, like whenever we go anywhere with the team, he always has to watch the door. He's like, Christian, I can't sit. I can't sit. I, I understand can't sit it right completely. There. You know? And he's like, this is, he has put himself to save people his entire life, you know, and protect us. So this is why I think he is the best candidate for, for us, you know, for our state, because that's, that's awesome. we're falling apart, you know, we really are. In California, like I said, I mean, I, I truly mean that. I mean, California is a trigger word for so many people. No matter how you look at it, and, and whatever your, your viewpoints are, and as we talked about before, here here on the show, you know, nothing is off limits, but everybody's welcome at the bar. I truly mm -hmm. believe that you know here, every bar stool sits at the same level. So when mm -hmm. we all sit at the bar, we're all yeah. we're all equal in every way, shape, or form. A and trust me, we could probably go on for another another two hours with all mm -hmm. this because I'm I truly believe that the biggest thing to help cities out to make cities better is to bring trades, to bring jobs, to bring, because people who own homes take care of their neighborhoods better than people who don't. And people don't own homes. If they can't get good jobs, that can pay wages yeah. that they can afford those things. Yeah. And it all starts with giving realistic jobs not putting people in two hundred thirty thousand dollars in yeah. education debt for right. positions that will never pay enough money to pay that debt off yeah you, you were you were create we're creating debtors we're creating debtors we are and and it's just you know the price of goods they're like skyrocketed you know oh, it's crazy and gas you know it's just ridiculous and you know you really hit it on you hit the nail on the head when you said it's 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 local, you know, yeah. like who better knows how to take care of 
there's the of a city than the people who live there. They you know? know it. And they know it. And Ron has spoke about this several times. He's like, you know what? I'm going to work with the mayors. I'm going to work. And if the mayors aren't working for their city, I will, you know? And he's like, I'm going to work with these mayors because the mayors will know what their people need more than what I know, what I'll know, you know? Yeah, they're and, there. I mean, it's so just, it's so smart, you know, just the way he thinks. And I just value, you know, he's, he's a problem solver, you know, yeah. he's not, he's not giving us words that we're going to say, oh yeah, we're going to vote for him. You know, it's, he's a problem solver. He's not a politician. He's a public servant. And uh, I love it. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And I love your approach and your energy is always so great. I always love talking oh, to you. Thank you. Always such a positive. Well, we got to get ready to close the bar up here. Yeah. So we know we've got some stuff coming up this weekend for Ron. That was yep. the conservative uh, HB con is this yeah, weekend. Con. Yep. So and that's then, good. And yep, then what's the next one? Log cabin candidate forum at that's in San Francisco. Yep. And then, and then we have the, um, we have the ORWF and Tustin RWF candidate forum at the Santa Ana Alex Lodge. And we have all these things listed on our website. And you know what is great? I came up, well, I, I kind of came up with this idea. I'm sorry. But I'm like, let's have virtual forums. It's great. So we have virtual forums. We have two or three a week. So check our website and I check our social media um, and find out when we're having them. And it's great because um, Ron will talk to them for eight to 10 minutes. And then uh -huh. we have questions and answers. They can ask him anything, you know, and they're smaller groups. You know, we have about, you know, 20 to 30 people, but that's amazing. Like if I were a kid and I could get on a Zoom call with 20 or 30 people and talk to a potential governor, is that exciting? Yeah. I mean, what's the, I mean, it, that's that in and of itself is an amazing op opportunity. So yeah. we got all these things. People are going to be able to see Ron. And, yeah. and if you're looking to get something into, into politics, uh, Kristen is on LinkedIn. You can find Kristen Manna on LinkedIn, M-A-N-N-A. I know that, and I feel comfortable in saying this, that if you reached out to Kristen and said, hey, mm -hmm. I'm in the California politics or I'm looking to assist a candidate, don't care what side of the fence you're on, folks. Don't no. let that be the thing. Kristen mm -hmm. is, is a good-hearted person that will be more than happy to tell you how to do it, how to network. That's what 90% yeah. of this is. I, I love networking, too. That's a whole other show in itself. I, I get off on it, too. Am, and that's I'm, a whole thing on the LinkedIn network or the uh, – Zoom networking has changed the way we network completely. Oh, yeah. People try to do live events now, and it's like, yeah, I can't get away from work. But if you want to do it at lunchtime for 30 minutes, I'll be more than happy to log in and join everybody. But 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I got kids. I got stuff I got to go do. Yeah, I, I got time for that. That was the upside of the pandemic, you know. Yeah, of, we all learned how to network. Was, now. Yeah, and we, and we had more time, you know. Yeah, ab absolutely. So, yeah. so look, folks, make sure you're reaching out. Ron, RonJones.org. That's a whole nother funny story. RonJones2022.org. That's a whole nother funny story that Chris and I will tell you one day. But RonJones2022.org. Uh, his social media is uh, Ron Jones for CA on Facebook. Um, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember what the uh, Instagram. Instagram. Just check our website. I'm not sure of the Instagram either. I don't want to say it wrong. But... I believe it's RonJones2022. Uh, oh, I have to double check myself. <laughs> Look at that right there in front of you. That reading thing gets you every time, won't it? I go, geez. 
Oh no, sorry, it wasn't on this one. It's a it's a QR. So oh, I QR codes. That we do. I don't even carry a business card anymore. I have a I, I have know. a Q I have a QR business card. I love that, that. because environmentally friendly. Yeah, uh, exactly. If you liked what you heard, folks, if this is the first time you're listening to us, please like, share, follow Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, anywhere that you're finding us. Please make sure that you you reach out to us. Give this a share. If your neighbor hasn't listened to the podcast yet, make sure you take your neighbor's phone away from them. Plug it in into their phone. They'll love you for it. They'll so appreciate it. Don't even worry about it. If it's a stranger, take their phone and do the same exact thing. They'll appreciate it also. Don't tell them I told you to do it. Kristen, as always, the oh. guest gets the last word. And what is the final word from you? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? I really feel in my heart that I've met a lot of candidates. I have. I've seen all of the gubernatorial candidates on the GOP side. And if you want to vote to make a difference for someone who's going to lead our state, vote Ron Jones for governor. All righty, folks. Be sure to push your stool in. Don't log off, Kristen. Be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation. Found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.